Now, the impact investing sector is booming in response to both a growing understanding and awareness that social benefit and profit can be combined. So business must not just be in the business of making money, but they can also do good in societies where they operate. Now, in Africa in particular, impact investing is investing is seen as an opportunity to address social issues that countries face. So let's continue with this um, the investment specific focus on impact investing. So it's something that has received significant attention during this year's uh, investment summit as a tool to use investment to do sustainable um, development to the economy as well as bridge the socio-economic divide. The term impact investing started to emerge in the mid-2000s and according to the Global Impact Investing Network website, it refers to investments made with the intention to generate positive, measurable, social and environmental impact alongside a financial return. For many, the idea that the worlds of investing and more socially-minded endeavors could ever overlap in a mutually beneficial way has been a tough one to get to grips with. And yet, there is more and more evidence that this is indeed possible. Corporate social responsibility or corporate social investment are phrases you've heard many times. And no doubt, you've been involved in a Christmas party or a painting event at a local charity in the name of CSI at some stage in your career. Impact investing and CSR or CSI are not the same things, and hopefully you'll soon see why. Welcome to this episode. I am Dolini Marangani, Senior Manager at the Berta Center for Social Innovation and Entrepreneurship. In this episode, we'll be unpacking impact investing and how investing in positive, results-driven social change still makes business sense. This is an area where the corporate world has a lot to offer and the value of sustainable, equitable, and just delivery of investing done this way is hard to match. The term ESG refers to environmental, social, and governance strategy. And as a business leader, it's likely that your strategy has become more geared towards this in the last few years. So what's the difference between ESG and impact investment? Simply put, ESG is a framework and impact investing is a strategy. So how big is this industry anyway? According to an article published by Barron's Financial and Investing News in October 2022, global impact investments exceeded the $1 trillion mark for the first time in 2021. In the same article, 88% of investors reported that their investments met or exceeded their expectations. That sounds like pretty good odds to me. Joining me now to discuss this further is impact investing expert, Shiluba Mawela. Shiluba is a managing partner at Chiamo Impact Partners, an impact investing and advisory firm. Shiluba's corporate finance experience includes mergers and acquisitions, valuations, commercial due diligence, as well as transaction structuring. She has worked at companies ranging from the JSC to a boutique corporate finance firm. Welcome, Shiluba. Thanks, Ntumbini. Lovely to be here and to be part of this exciting initiative and podcast. We're delighted to have you. The topic is impact investing. Can you start us off by defining what impact investing is and give us an example or two? Impact investing is really the unique opportunity to address key social imperatives by investing money with the deliberate intention to achieve both a financial return on capital and a positive social and or environmental impact. I think three key things stand out from that definition. 
firstly, the need to both have a social and financial return, so both must exist. Secondly, there is an intentionality to create impact. And then thirdly, is the need for measurement and accountability of that impact. And essentially, what you then find is that impact investing is therefore not an asset class, but an investment approach. An example of impact investing, I'll give two, one being a business. And the business that I think is ideal to share is an entity called Billy Box, which is a smart locker dispensary locker system that enables over 27,000 patients to collect their chronic medication under 30 seconds instead of queuing for hours in public healthcare facilities. What this innovation does is then enable chronic medication patients to collect medication, therefore is creating both access to medication, but also is able to do so in financially sustainable ways, as there are a number of clients who pay, a key client being government. The, and this innovation was created by a 34-year-old engineer called Nell, who is also both a scholar. The second one is an example, would be a financial instrument. So a pay-for-success model or an outcomes-based payment, such as a social impact bond, uh, which is essentially a financing instrument where investors take the risk and government or an outcomes payer pays for the impact that is created. An example of this is the ECD or Early Childhood Development Impact Bond, uh, where the Western Cape Department of Social Development was the outcomes payer. This innovation or social impact bond, the total funding of it was close to 20 million rand and resulted in a 16% return on money. So what you are able to see from that is that there was clear impact created in the early childhood development space, but also there was a financial return on capital. That's amazing. Do you see an opportunity for social impact on income inequality and unemployment, particularly in an African context? Absolutely, Ndumbini. I think what we've seen is that the global impact investing community is now estimated to be more than a trillion dollars. And as a result of that, it has presented a number of innovations for financing social interventions, such as healthcare, affordable housing, education, but also tools and instruments to create jobs. So there definitely has been an opportunity to address urgent imperatives while deploying critical capital. Can you give us a sense of what is required for impact investing to truly change the trajectory of the socioeconomic and environmental challenges globally or in South Africa in financial and institutional terms? I think what is needed is for more impact capital from institutional and other investors in the sector. What do you think are some of the challenges about getting these institutional investors involved and getting them to contribute to impact investing? whether it's the private sector or donors? I think some of the barriers for getting more institutional and other donors into impact investors, firstly, is that there are some barriers in regulatory frameworks. For example, South Africa does not have an overarching regulatory environment or framework as it relates to impact investing. And so there are certain limitations 
for the deployment of impact capital in specifically the South African market. Secondly, I think another challenge is the lack of sufficient impact capital um, on the continent at the right ticket sizes. Thirdly, given that we are on the African continent, I think local currency instability does present a challenge. Um, and as a result, it does make foreign capital quite costly and a bit prohibitive. I think also the region is deemed as highly risky um, or is perceived to be highly risky, which does then limit the capital that flows to the continent. Um, and then I think another challenge that we have seen on the continent is that there is still quite limited innovative finance instruments. Um, and then most importantly, I think what we are seeing um, throughout the continent is the large developmental challenges where four in every 10 people um, live in extreme poverty with 600 million uh, without access to electricity. And so those big development challenges do present even more barriers or hurdles for funders. You paint a very complex picture, and I just wanted to ask you to come back to the item that you raised about the lack of access to impact capital at the right ticket sizes. What are the sizes that are available now, and what's the gap that still needs to be filled? What we do find, Dombini, is that there's a high concentration of financing that is available at 50 million rand and above, and that's driven largely by a number of aspects, one being the economics of certain financiers. So if you think around a private equity fund, um, for them to be quite economical, it almost makes sense to have a fund size north of 500 million, meaning they would then essentially be deploying check sizes into different opportunities of 50 million rand and above. And so what we are finding is something referred to as the missing middle, which is a key financing gap where transactions or opportunities between the 2 million to 40 million rand are not getting as much allocation. And hence said in the earlier question that there is that financing need at the right ticket size. And what's happening with the lower end below 2 million? I think what we're finding with the lower end is that there is a number of microfinancing that is available. There is friends and family who are willing to bridge that gap. There is a lot of grant opportunities that are also available to that ticket size. And then there's a number of yeah institutions that do play in that area. But surprisingly, there is, you know, from that 2 million to that 40 million, there is almost a financing gap as it relates to those transactions specifically. That's quite interesting. So if you are, if you've been able to move your idea beyond a micro business, you struggle to get funding to get it up to full size if your funding need falls within the 2 to 40 million gap. That is absolutely correct. So if you were successful, you might find yourself actually faltering a bit because you can't get access to finance. I think what it does is it inhibits or hampers growth prospects of those SMMEs, unfortunately. Mm. 
What are some of the opportunities for impact investing that you've seen in South Africa? Um, Some of the opportunities I've seen for impact investing. Firstly, I think there is a great financing need, um, definitely within that missing middle, which is that ticket size between the 2 million rand to 40 million rand check size. I think there's also a rise in the level of entrepreneurship, specifically those addressing social imperatives. And so we're seeing a number of businesses that are addressing key social issues such as healthcare, education, access to energy, which are starting to bloom both in urban, but also in rural and peri-urban areas. And we've also seen a number of township businesses that have emerged. That's amazing. So actually you're seeing this impact investing not being confined by traditional geographic boundaries in South Africa. Not at all. I think we've just seen quite a diverse space of opportunities geographically. Amazing. Why do you think it's so important for South Africa and the larger continent of Africa to be leading the conversation in this field? I think what we've seen specifically on the African continent is that South Africa does lead the region as it relates to impact capital. There are close to 120 impact funds um, deploying over $44 billion in capital. What's also important around South Africa is that it's, it's been one of the first countries to set up a NAB or a National Advisory Board that is aligned to the Global Steering Group um, for Impact Investing. And so it has been able to gain quite a lot of traction. Government and regulators have been aligning to drive investment in the country. And so there is a need to address any challenges or barriers that have been faced. And so I think South Africa is well positioned to lead the charge. I think also critical is that there is a rise in acceleration in innovative finance instruments in South Africa, and you've seen a number of innovations that have come out of the country. And so I think just from those learnings, South Africa is able to share those with the continent, but also globally. And I think also just given that we do have really sophisticated financial systems and markets, though have quite key developmental challenges, um, South Africa does then become the ideal area where impact investing can work and work quite successfully. You've mentioned the NABs, and here in South Africa, we have Impact Investing South Africa as an initiative. Can you tell us about IISA and what its goals are? IISA is Impact Investing South Africa, which is also referred to as the National Task Force for Impact Investing which is a multi-stakeholder initiative aimed at building South Africa's impact investment ecosystem in order to ensure that there is an acceleration in the deployment of capital that optimize both financial, social, and environmental returns. Impact Investing South Africa is structured along four main working groups, which comprises of various representatives from business, government, and labor, Um, And the four working groups are foundation working groups, impact measurement and management, supply, which is the supply of capital, so those who would be distributing impact capital, and then demand working group, which is entities and organizations that are seeking impact capital. 
Innovative finance is a way to address socioeconomic and environmental challenges and with creative ways to move capital into social justice. Can you give us some more of your examples, particularly from your ISA experience, please? Innovative finance is really financial engineering for impact that looks at all available financial and philanthropic tools to support growth where the right instruments and tools may actually not exist, thinking of how to then engineer um, conventional instruments such as grants, debt, and equity so that it can start addressing some of the challenges that are in existence. An example, if we look at grants, is recoverable or reimbursive grants that allow for the recycling of funds. Um, you also have convertible grants that convert to debt or equity at certain trigger points, such as profitability. And what this does is allow for funding of very early stage or highly risky initiatives. If we then move over to debt, for example, you get different innovations such as alternative credit scoring or impact-linked loans where the interest rate is linked to a company's sustainability. How would you encourage the private sector, such as banks, to get involved in innovative finance and impact investing? I think what we're seeing is that globally, um, and specifically on the continent, there is a big funding gap to deliver on the SDGs. In Africa specifically, that annual funding gap sits at around 600 billion. And what we are also seeing is that globally, majority of impact capital has been allocated to emerging markets, with the top region being sub-Saharan Africa, where close to 21% of allocation has been in the region. In that same report done by Jin, it shows that 52% of investors aim to increase allocation into the region, and they definitely see an opportunity to do so. I think why South Africa is the ideal market and banks should get involved is that impact investing presents an opportunity to address the country's triple challenges of poverty, inequality, and unemployment, which are key social imperatives. And I think South Africa really is, impact investment is almost made for SA, given that you've got these sophisticated financial markets where there is sound regulation and a progressive tax regime that enables for the deployment of impact capital in very efficient ways. So banks and other financial institutions getting involved would be the ripe and prime um, time to do so, given the opportunity that is presented. Just a follow-up question. So for, for the majority of impact investing that's happening now, is it being held by um, financial institutions in the global north, or are there African and South African institutions that have taken up the cause? I think it's a blend of both. Um, we are seeing quite a lot of international institutions that are deploying impact capital into the South African market. We are also seeing a lot of local players um, that are starting to deploy capital. So we, as mentioned earlier, there's about 120 impact funds that are deploying impact capital into the South African market. We are also seeing other African financiers deploying into 
South Africa. And so I think it's definitely a combination of both. And I do anticipate that we will see a rise in funders going forward. And from that gen report, the sense was that there will be a greater interest from foreign players to deploy within South Africa. Interesting. So there's a gap there to be taken by a local player um, if they plan their cards right. Yes, there definitely is one. Thank you so much for your time today, Shaluba. We've learned a lot. Thanks, Ntumbini, for having me. Really appreciate the opportunity to share more on impact investing on the continent, but specifically in South Africa. What struck you about this conversation? For me, it's seeing that business can be used for social good and doesn't need to forfeit getting a return on investment in the process. There is an element of equality in this way of investing too. And instead of creating the expectation of handouts, which has often proved to do more harm than good, beneficiaries are seen as investment partners rather than a drain on society. The dignity that this brings cannot be underestimated. How would you like to take this conversation further? How has your perspective around what's possible shifted today? Thank you for listening to this episode on Impact Investing. We trust you found it helpful. You'll find other useful information on the topic as part of the Investec pre-learning resources. Talk soon.